The vet is in on KFGO. Dr. Doreen Winning joins us once a month here on KFGO. And it usually, when it falls nicely like it is this month, it's the people doctor on Monday and the pet doctor on Tuesday. It's the third Tuesday of every month. And she comes in to take all of your pet-related questions. Dr. Winning, welcome back to the studio. Thanks for having me on this frigid day. I know. We understand that this is impacting your travel plans, yeah, too. Bummer. Yeah, I know. I'm so disappointed. But my pet sitter is happy because they don't have to take care of my dogs, which happens to be <laughs> oh. my mother. So That might not be she's, true, though. She <laughs> might like it. She, she's. Um, I've got one older dog that has, you know, he's teetering on the edge of of needing to be put down. And, and so I think she's relieved, somewhat relieved that she won't have that responsibity to watch out for yeah. him. But, yeah. yeah. So I'm here. And he'll be happy that you're here. He will be. That's yes. what the first thing she said to me. The dogs <laughs> are going to be so happy you're here. <laughs> it's true. And if you have a question for Dr. Winning, you can text in now, 35270. You can call us at 237 237- Five nine four eight eight hundred eight eight zero five three four six. Before we uh, started talking on air, Doctor Winning was telling me about a new injection for cats that sounds like a game changer to me. Yeah, so we don't have very many drug options as far as controlling osteoarthritis for chronic osteoarthritis pain in cats, and now they have come out with a new drug called Silencia, and this is a once a month injection. And it's an antibody therapy. And basically, from what we have used it in cats for chronic pain, one of our doctors has started her cat on Silencia, and she's very impressed with it. So seems to be working well for her, and we look forward to being able to use it in many more patients to control pain. So how does a hospital decide if they're going to get this in so that it's available to patients. I mean, can you request, like if I read something online, could I bring that in and discuss it with that, my vet and possibly get it brought in? That's part of the relationship you have with your vet. And I think that's so important that you have that open communication that you're able to go in and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this medications. What are the benefits and drawbacks of this medication? And using it if your vet thinks that that's a viable option for you. And so when we look at medications that are up and coming, I'm generally not one that really jumps on the bandwagon very quickly because I want to find out, okay, I want to do my research and find out what studies have been done. And I want to see clinically that other people I know have used it in animals and we know what the side effects are. So it's important to have all those conversations with your veterinarian, what their personal experience with the medication is and how that could benefit your animal. Okay. There is a, it looks like Cindy is on the line with a question. Go ahead, Cindy. You're on with Dr. Winning. Thank you very much. Say, I want to speak to my dog. Um, she is 12. And just in the last about six months, her hearing has gone from 100 to nothing. I'm just wondering if there are any helpful hints of dealing with a with an older dog that's lost the hearing so far i've taught her to come in by making a hand gesture with my hand and it works pretty good but i was just wondering if you could speak to that doctor i can and you know pets more than we actually realize and there have been studies that have been done on this they respond to body language quite effectively and so using hand signals I will say that hearing loss for most of us with our pets, it doesn't tend to be a gradual experience. 
for them where you notice, huh, not hearing quite as well. It seems to be all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and your dog isn't paying attention to you anymore because they can't seem to hear. So Mm -hmm. very common, and I want to reassure you about that. But if you have any questions, the first thing to do would be have your vet take a look down those ears and make sure that uh, there aren't any problems there. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. infections can be going on down deep and you don't even realize it. The next thing is sign language and using gestures. And so again, body language communication is a very important component for animals. And using, I know I have two dogs that are elderly and I do, I use waving motions for calm or, you know, there's just a lot of different things we do to communicate with them. We don't even know that we're doing. And they have done studies on animals that have looked at people's face, facial expressions, and realized that animals do respond to facial expressions even in humans. So, yes, keep up with that gestures, hand signals. Would there be any way that you would uh, um, carefully startle the dog? Because I, I've noticed that she's sleeping so soundly, she doesn't hear me until I'm right, you know, right on top of her. And I just kind of touch her back leg to wake her up. And I'm just wondering, is is that the proper way to an approach a dog? Because I don't want to get nipped. I don't want her to have a heart attack. Is it just, yeah. and I mean, she she doesn't even hear footsteps. So, yeah. so am I approaching her by just tapping on her hind leg to kind of say, hey, I'm here? Yeah. So when I approach my dog, for example, I let one of my dogs be out of the kennel until kind of 10 o'clock at night. And then I wake her up and she goes into her kennel because as she has aged, I found that potty accidents happen more readily overnight. So she is one of my four that is just kenneled at night. She loves it. She's fine with that. But in order to wake her up, I actually do make noise because vibrations, she can feel vibrations in the floor and that can wake her up. Or I might jiggle the bed a little bit to let her know that I'm near. Because, yes, you do have to worry with some of these pets that when you startle them, there could be an adverse reaction to the stimulus. And so mm-hmm. at that point, I'll, you know, once I have kind of gotten her awake and I can see she's rousing, then I will gently touch her. But you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. And so I use sound to the best of my ability and vibration, like, you know, touching okay. her bed. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure glad I called in today. Thanks so much. Good luck. Thank mm-hmm. you so much Bye-bye. for the call, Cindy. We really appreciate that. Let's get back to the phone lines on the vet is in here on KFGO. Jolene, you are on with Dr. Winning. Go ahead. I have a dog that's got uh, B2 um, advanced stage heart failure, and he is sneezing, and it's coming out of his uh, left side of his nose. And they say that it's not a good idea to put him to sleep to go and check and see if he's got a bad tooth in there or how to go about fixing it. Should I just let it go or, you know, he sneezes probably three, four times a day, you know, and there's something bothering the left side of his face. I'm assuming it's a tooth. Yeah. And, you know, anytime we have what's called unilateral nasal discharge, that's a good indication that there's some pathology that's affecting that nostril that one nostril. And we know that with dogs' upper teeth, they literally rest millimeters from the nasal cavity, those root tips. 
And so anytime you have something affecting a root tip, you have a very high potential of affecting the nasal cavity. So you're correct in thinking, gosh, this might be a tooth thing. We also see that a lot with uh, small mammals as well. So what do you do when you have a dog that's in heart failure when you have a dental problem? This is a conversation that needs to be had with your veterinarian, of course, first and foremost, because it depends on how, you know, your pet is doing on medications and they know they've seen the last radiographs or the results of the last echocardiogram. And so it would all depend on that. But I can also tell you that we anesthetize dogs in heart failure from time to time. And it's not as uncommon as one may think. And some of these dogs do very well under anesthesia. So if you have a pet that you think is suffering because of a tooth abscess, and remember, if that was you, you'd be in at the dentist very quickly for a root canal. So yes, there is pain there that you can predict if it is indeed a tooth root abscess. And you have to make that educated decision about, yes, I know I'm aware of the risks, but is this something that I want to undergo in order for my pet to have a healthier life down the road? Okay, okay. If yeah. that makes sense. I mean, and he eats on, he eats dry dry dog food, and he eats on that side of, you know, of his mouth, too. Um, he uses those teeth they do. to chew. So, they do. And I can, yeah, even I can, if they're in pain. Huh? Yep, even if they're in pain. That's, I can tell you uh, that's a very common comment from owners uh, before a pet comes in for a dental cleaning, and then we'll find abscessed teeth there. And you know that there has been some discomfort associated with that, but yet... There is no history of stopping eating on any either side of the mouth. So they they compensate hmm. very well. Okay. Okay. Thanks so for I the call. To my Jill. veterinarian about it. Yes, please. Okay. Yo. It takes two. Amy Eiler, JJ Gordon, the vet is in. Dr. Doreen Winning is with us until two o'clock today. Let's get some of these things in the text club uh, taken care of here. Okay. Uh, are there any issues giving a 14-year-old small dog a rabies vaccine? He has renal failure and a heart murmur, no meds for the heart murmur, yet Purina kidney canned dog food. They are asking a question and giving you all the information. Well, my my personal opinion on that is rabies is... <sighs> Rabies is a zoonotic health concern. So that's one of the vaccines. And not only is it a zoonotic health concern, it's a public health concern. It's a legal concern, too. So typically dogs in general, even if they're elderly, they do get their rabies vaccine, period. This person says they've got a 14-and-a-half-year-old golden doodle living a good quality of life. Um, past life expectancy for the breed. He has a new tumor found by the groomers near his genitals. He has a history of testicular cancer, which has been resolved. Um, I think they're asking is, if they should wait to get into the vet that they've been seeing yeah. since the, he was a puppy, or if they should, if they can get in sooner with someone else, should they go to someone else? Right? Is that what I'm yeah. reading? I'm trying I, to summarize yeah, because it got broken up. It's all over the place. I, they're, the question they're asking is, should I treat this as an emergency and get into whatever vet I can get into, or can I wait until I can get an appointment with my regular vet? So the groomer found a lump. Yep. Okay. Well, I would say that is a non-emergent issue. 
So that's not oh, what they wanted that was, to hear. That was very telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very telling on your end, though. Groomers well, find. No, I'm not saying anything about the groomer. I, thank you, groomer, for finding that lump. I'm just saying the chances of that dog dying in the next week or two from a lump on its skin is not real high. Okay. Okay. Got it. That's okay. Good to know. Um, let's see. I Are there any... Uh, did you get to that one? Rabies vaccine? Uh, yes, we did. We're, Does it uh, we're cat- on to... Yeah, that's okay. the one. Does a cat not having a bowel movement for several days indicate possible intestinal blockage? He's drinking water but not eating much. A vet visit last week indicated his liver enzymes are high. He was given medication for his liver and has a follow-up next week. Should he be seen before that if he continues not having a bowel movement? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Does because, that usually mean blockage? Um, you know, depending on my first question going through my mind when you were reading that was how old is this cat? Because cats as they age can get megacolon where they don't, their intestinal motility isn't what it should be. And so stool just keeps accumulating in the colon and that gets to be very painful experience for them. So, and they get to be very, very constipated. So I, that cat, I would get in sooner rather than later. Okay. This is a weird question, but cats can feel their tail. I mean, clearly I accidentally stepped on my cat's tail and you know, it's made a fuss and I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. But this morning I had the weirdest thing happen with my cat sitting on the edge of the shower like he usually does because he's a creep. And <laughs> and his tail is like inside the shower curtain and it's getting wet. And I realize at some point I have accidentally got a whole bunch of like a, a a big glob of soap on his tail. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'm like splashing water off of it to get it off. And he's sort of bothered, but not really. And now his tail is soaking wet. And when he jumps off of the shower, he's debilitated. Like he tries to lick it a little bit and then he just lays there sort of lifeless. Like, I don't know what to do about my this thing. And he tries to bat it around and push it away. I'm like, are you having some sort of like senility issue that you don't know this is your tail? <laughs> is that what happened? What, what just went on? <laughs> well, you know, how old is your cat now? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, uh, Geriatric. 11, 12. Yeah. Well, so, you know, let's talk about senility in cats because. Don't. I can't handle my pets getting older, <laughs> but Okay. It's, I think the most common thing I hear from cat owners regarding cognitive decline is going to be meowing at night. Oh yeah. Like he, he's done that forever though. Yeah. Like they're, they yeah. get their nights and their days mixed up and suddenly now they're meow. All he's night. been senile for years then because <laughs> that is, that is a very. Maybe, maybe your cat isn't the brightest bulb. I'm not saying he's the dimmest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you calling my maybe, cat dumb now? Maybe not the <laughs> brightest. For sure. For sure that could be the case. A hundred percent that could be the case. But it was this weird, and I was like, did this new food do something weird to you? We we were transitioning him to a new food. So I don't know if he's getting weird because of that. It's it could been be, a really long you know, time. 
and you know who knows there can be certain circumstances where sensation isn't you know tactile sense sensation yeah. for them isn't the same as what it used to be too so there's probably a multifactorial sure. type um situation, situation. yeah mm-hmm. okay he's okay though he'll just keep being him and yeah we'll just let him be him <laughs> yeah why not he's right? always kind of been his own person there are worse places cat. that your cat could like to hang out than in the bathroom near the shower. yeah it was just a weird it was a weird sort of circumstance this morning where i was like are you have you totally disassociated with your tail? Are you not aware that that's yours? You can't push it away. And then I think at one point when he realized that he could feel it, then he just like laid down life lifeless like this is the end. And I'm like it's just a wet tail. You're going to be okay. <laughs> well, I washed it a bit. And you know, I think we know a lot more about cognitive decline in dogs yes. than we do in cats. And so we can see behaviors that really change as as dogs especially get older. And it can be, you know, isolating themselves. Sometimes it's, you know, going off and having a quiet space where they prefer to be, like a closet, for example. Or it can be staring at nothing or it can be barking at the air. In, in getting confused about how to get turned around out of a corner. And so these are all things that, you know, talking to your vet about is so important because there are things we can do as our animal ages. And I look at diet is such an important component of aging. And we know now Purina has a wonderful diet out called Bright Minds that, you know, as my dogs have aged, they've certainly gone on Bright Minds and, and I think it's actually helped with their quality of life for sure. And so things like that and, you know, um, supplementing with fatty acids, you know, fish oil, pet cod liver oil. We've talked about that before. On mm-hmm. here. And so that's important, too, as as they get older. So, you know, talk to your vet about that. When you go in, you know, we have senior exams every every six months for these older animals. And there's a reason why we do that. And it's to help fend off some of these age-related changes, whether that be osteoarthritis, pain, and inflammation, or it be cognitive decline. It's so important to talk about those things with your veterinarian. Interesting. Okay, let's get back to the text club here. Amy and JJ, I have three cats. Of the three, youngest one is a Bengal mix. Now he goes after the older two cats, but the youngest of the other two older oh i figured out what this okay this person has three cats and the youngest one is constantly giving what my vet says dirty hugs (laughs) to the other cats (laughs) Um, your vet yeah and they're asking are is there something like calming oils or anything that could stop the behavior besides a water bottle or carrying him to sink the sink to say no no or anything like that (laughs) you know with cats, again, it's hard. I probably, for this household, would get um, Adaptal or Feel-Away diffusers, um, Feel-Away for cats. And I'd have them wherever the cats plugged in, wherever the cats are hanging out the most. The other thing I would do for that cat is potentially start it on a supplement like Calming Care. You can just dump that over the food, and a lot of cats take that very readily on their food. Purina makes calming care. I'm kind of on a Purina kick today you for are. some reason. Yeah, I have are. heard that those diffuse. I've heard people say the diffuser went from us having to possibly rehouse the cat mm-hmm. to 
it's a whole new animal. Yeah, it makes it makes a huge difference for a lot of animals, a lot of cats. So it's worth trying. For some cats, it doesn't do anything, but it's worth trying. Someone says, have a small terrier dog, 10 years old, sometimes shakes or shivers even when he hasn't been outside. Doesn't do it all the time. Any thoughts on what this, what could cause this? That can be... Well, certainly it can be an age-related change. And so, you know, whether that's related to oftentimes I'll want to do a myofascial exam to feel the muscles and bones of that dog to make sure that there isn't any pain that's contributing to the shaking because we know in humans pain can contribute to anxiety and anxiety in animals is sometimes manifested as trembling or shaking. So that's the first thing I do with a lot of these pets is, you know, just feel do a good physical exam, make sure that they're feeling okay. And if they're not, sometimes it can be a behavioral thing. Sometimes it can be age-related changes where they're, I mean, people shake as they get older too. And so, you know, just trying to determine in an animal that can't tell us, you know, verbally if they're in pain or not, it's it, or if they aren't feeling quite right. It's important to have that physical exam. The vet is in on KFTO. Dr. Doreen winning from Valley Vet Hospital on Main Avenue here in Fargo is with us just for a few more moments. We'll try to get to all of these text messages when we come back on KFGO. The vet is in on KFGO. Just a few more questions. Are you eyeing one, JJ Gordon? I am. Okay. Uh, could you ask about treating the ears of a dog who is susceptible to getting the black wax or whatever it is inside? I'm specifically referring to an English Springer Spaniel, if that helps. You know, there's two schools of thought on this. And one is, you know, clean the ears periodically because that helps prevent ear infections. And the other is... Don't mess with the ears because it upsets the natural balance of the ear canals and and the acidity. And so you have to find what's right for your dog. Some dogs, if you don't clean the ears out routinely, whether they need it or not, every, you know, every other week or every week, they get an ear infection. And so what I do with my dogs, since I don't have overt problems with recurrent ear infections, but I do have dogs that'll get that dark wax in there without any itching or redness, I'll just take and put some, for example, epiotic on a cotton ball and I will wipe the ear out. So I want to keep it clean, but yet I don't want to, you know, squirt the ear cleanser down there and fill the ear canal like I would if there was an actual infection going on. Which is not a fun thing to do. I had to do that with our no, dog once. No, they hate it oh, too. Oh, it's awful. Um, okay, another one. My dog does this weird thing before laying down. He walked backwards in circles, scratching the carpet. What's happening? We don't know why dogs do that. <laughs> um you know, we've talked about this in the past periodically, and, and there are certain things like, you know, circling before they lay down. We have theories on why they do that, you know, as far as development goes. But um, dogs will nest, and so they're trying to scratch up a nest, and that has become a behavior that is inherent in them. And so that, to the best of our ability um, of knowledge, is nesting. That's why they do it. There Interesting. Dr. Doreen Winning, if people want to find you at Valley Vet, how are they going to get a hold of you? We're at 3210 Main Avenue in Fargo. Our phone number is 232-3391, and we're online at valleyveterinary.net. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. See you next month. I think next month is the exact same day, right? March That's right. Yeah. 21st, because yes. mm-hmm. yeah, the months match. It's Can't been wait. messing me up all month. So, yeah, we'll see you then. See Thank you. Then. you.
I don't know.